Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The uh, title of this word this morning is called The Language of Heaven. The Language of Heaven. So as I teach this morning, I want you to let this get into you, what I'm saying, because at the end, there's going to be an impartation take place. An impartation. Hallelujah. The language of heaven. I'm just going to read some scriptures for you. Let's go to Genesis 1. I mean, Genesis 11, verse 1. We'll start there. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime for the, had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they do begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Then verse 7, and God said, Go to, let us go down. And there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. This was in the natural. These people had one language. They all spoke the same thing. And because they spoke the same thing, God said nothing would be restrained from them. But the problem with this story is, you find it in verse 4. Let us make a name for ourselves. They left God out of the equation. They left God out. They left their creator out. I had God ask me a question been a couple of years ago or so. It's I don't really know. But he asked me, he says, what language do you speak? What language do you speak? 
kingdom of heaven or kingdom of Satan? What language do you speak? So we have to ask ourselves that question. We all slip up, I know. But what is your primary language? What is your primary language? What language do I speak most of the time? Ephesians 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Ephesians 2, verse 2. It says, when you, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The devil is the prince and power of the air. But when we line up and speak what God speaks, when we begin to declare what God says, we invade his atmosphere. We invade the atmosphere of the enemy. Because he is constantly bombarding us with thoughts and everything. But we bombard him when we line up with what God says. You know, the Bible talks about there's going to, in the end times, there's going to be one world government. You know, the Bible tells that there's going to be one world government. And the only way there can be one world government is if everybody is in agreement. I was just looking at the Tower of Babel. That's what the enemy was had in store even back then. He was trying to create one world speaking his language. That's what he was doing. So the language that we speak the most is the language that's going to grow. That's the language that grows. James 3. Let's go to James chapter 3. Verse 1. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a per perfect man and is able to also to bridle the whole body. In other words, if we can control our tongue, if we can control what comes out of our mouth, we can control what we do. If we can control what comes out of our mouth, we control our actions. We control what we do. Hallelujah. 
Bible also says in verse 6, it says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquities. So is the tongue among your mem our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you hear people say, that just come out. I didn't know where that come from. I didn't know what I was fixing to say. That's a, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a straight up lie. That's an excuse. We know what we're going to say before it comes out of our mouth. We know. We just choose not to, not to hold it. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7. Second Chronicles seven. Verse fourteen. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. God's people turn from their wicked ways. If we will pray, what is prayer? Prayer is speaking the language of heaven. That's what prayer is, speaking the language of heaven. It says if we would turn from our wicked ways, that doesn't always mean that we're out there in the world just sinning. A wicked way is when I disagree with what God says. When God says do this and I say no, I'm going to do this. That's a wicked way. Choosing to speak something that God didn't speak over my circumstances is a wicked way. Matthew 18, 20 says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Two or three in agreement, speaking the same thing. God is there. Let's go to Romans 10, 10. says for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation when the bible talks about your mouth it's talking about your language it's talking about what you speak so what do we say about our life because the word salvation is not just going to heaven not just my soul saved that's the first step is to declare that Jesus is Lord over my life, but then for the rest of salvation to come to pass, which is, which is, uh, let me find what I wrote it down, which is health, which is deliver, deliverance, which is rescue. For those to come into to pass, our mouth has to confess them. We have to confess that he is my healer. We have to confess that he is my deliverer. We have to confess that he is my salvation. 
we have to confess it. Hallelujah. What we say matters. The language we speak matters. I think I left out a statement up here at the front. This is what God said. He said, the language we speak brings unity with what else speaks that language. The language that we speak brings unity with what else speaks that language. If we speak the language of heaven, we speak what God says, it brings unity between us and heaven. If we speak anything other than that, there's only two other li two languages. Kingdom of heaven and kingdom of darkness. So if we start speaking the kingdom of darkness, we have just come into agreement with it. We've come into unity with the enemy. What we say matters. Hallelujah. <laughs> What we say matters. Proverbs 18, verse 20. The Bible has a lot to say about what we speak. Proverbs 18, 20. It says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, with the fruit of his language. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. When we speak words, they're like seeds, and they go forth out of our mouth and produce the fruit that we eat later. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, that they, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And I thought it was very, very interesting that verse 22 is next. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. What do you say about your spouse? What do you say to your spouse? What is the language that you use? When I worked out there in converting over there in Diamond, there was a young man that's my son's age out there I was sitting in the break room one day and he come in talking talking about his old lady he's just over 30 years old and he's calling his wife his old lady I ain't never called my wife that <laughs> if I'm not mistaken I probably said something to him <laughs> But the language we speak matters. What do you say to your spouse? What do you say to your children? What do you say to your family members? What do you say? What language do you speak to them? What language do you speak to them? What language do you speak to people? Out on the street. What language do you speak in Walmart? 
What, do you, what language do you speak to the cashier when she's having trouble getting you checked out if you get in the line that, that has a checker? What language do you speak to them? Proverbs 13, 2 says, A wise man shall eat the good, shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. A wise man. We know that the beginning of wisdom comes from the fear of God. So apparently he fears God. So he speaks wisdom. Eats the fruit of his mouth. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says that we do not war after the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are spirit. Verse 5, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, the importance of taking our thoughts captive it's because if we think it, if we think it enough, we'll end up speaking. It'll come out. We entertain those thoughts enough under pressure. We can hold them. We can hold them until pressure comes. Then when pressure comes, those thoughts come out. That's why we got to take them captive. So that when the pressure comes, the right thoughts come out. All you got to do is stump your toe. <laughs> Pressure comes. What comes forth? Hit your thumb with a hammer. Pressure comes. What comes forth out of your mouth? Thank you, Jesus. I got feeling in my thumb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hopefully, <laughs> the language of heaven. Let's look at Philippians 4.13. This is the language of heaven. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That's the language of heaven. I can't, it's not. I can't is not the language of heaven. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The language of heaven is that I am a new creature. I am a new creature. My old self has passed away. Language of heaven is John 1, 12. Says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Language of heaven is I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. That's the language of heaven. And we have to put these scriptures in our mouth, even when we don't feel like it. 
Deuteronomy 28. We don't have to go there up there if you don't want to. Verse 3 says, we're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Language of heaven. Verse 4, blessed in the fruit of the body, in the fruit of the ground, in the fruit of the cattle, and in the sheep. Everything we do is supposed to multiply. That's God's way. Verse 5, blessed is thy basket and thy store. Verse 6, blessed when you come in and when you go out. That's the language of heaven. Verse 13, the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and not beneath. And then here's the part. If that we hearken unto the commandments of the Lord. What are the commandments of the Lord? They're the language of heaven. The commandments of God is his language. We line up with his language. This other comes to pass. It's, it's <laughs> we line up with his language. These others come to pass. See, these are things that we can declare over ourselves. We can prophesy these over us. We can speak them over ourselves. And they build us up. But there's another language. Another language of heaven. And this language brings power. This language brings unity. This language will bring deliverance. And this language will bring freedom. And it's called intercession. It's called prayer. Prayer. Holy Ghost led prayer. Holy Ghost led prayer. Is the language of heaven. See interceders. People that intercede, intercessors, they pray outward. They pray for others. They pray for their city. They pray for the country. They pray for their state. They'll pray for the nation. Very seldom is their prayer about them. That's the language of heaven. Second Chronicles 7, 14, we read it a while ago. This is Old Testament. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Their land. Crossett's our land. Ashley County is our land. The state of Arkansas is our land. As far as we want to press it, it's our land. The United States, as Minister Andy said, is our land. If we're willing to press it that far. James 5, 13 through 18. Says, is any, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. That's speaking the language of heaven over them. 
and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, the powerful, fervent means hot, intensity with spirit of a righteous man, of a person that is in right standing with God, prevails. There's a statement that we've heard that says the future belongs to the intercessor. That's not actually a scripture, but those two scriptures I just read back that up. The future belongs to the intercessor. The future belongs to those who pray what God says pray. The future belongs. We actually direct our life by what God says, by praying what he says, by speaking what he says. The future belongs to the intercessor. Let that sink. I don't think we have grabbed that. The future belongs to the intercessor. When we pray what God says pray, we change the future. We change. We actually change the future. We change. We can change the course of our children. We can change the course of our loved ones. We can change the course of the state. We can change the course of the nation. If these scriptures are true, which we believe that they are, then an intercessor establishes the future. That is the power of prayer. We've told you before, we've prayed and seen the uh, temperature drop in Africa from right here on the altar. The future belongs to the intercessor. So if you want your prayer life to go to another level, Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.